Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. So today we have Hunter on the show. You may know her on Instagram as With Love Hunter. She is a Seattle-based independent stylist who splits her time in L.A., She loves this industry like I do and takes a ton of classes, teaches classes, and is all around someone I find inspiring. She is another gem that I met at Ember Hair Retreat, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Welcome to the show, Hunter. Thank you. I'm so excited. I love podcasts. Yeah, I know we've been trying to connect for a while, and um, well, we both got a big, big space in our schedules, and here we are. Yes, a very big space in our schedules. Well, and I honestly think the first time that we tried, I had something going on with my computer, too. Like, I didn't have, like, something was going on. Like, my, my computer was broken, or I didn't have head, headphones or, like, something that, like, would sync to my computer. And I was like, okay, well, no podcast mm-hmm. then, I guess. Right. I was like, I'll circle back. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> Good timing. Totally. So we met at Ember a little bit over two years ago. And I know like I've been following along on your journey. And I feel like I've gotten to watch you do some really amazing things. But can you tell us a little bit about like your journey to your studio and everything? Yeah. um, Let's see. I actually got my studio. And then a couple months later, we I went to Ember retreat. So I was like a very a baby business owner at the time. Um, but I have been in my own studio for a little over, I'd say like two and a half years now. Um, I went from another salon, just kind of worked my way up. There was really nothing else left for me there. Um, so I had already done everything. I had already started teaching. I was pretty young. And so I kind of wanted to take that, be like, okay, well I climbed this ladder. So let's go over to like, climbing my own ladder. Um, so I guess I started my business and it's, I don't really see it growing. So it's kind of, it's great that like, you know, people like you who I've met and who have like been watching the journey for two years can actually see it. Cause I don't really see it until I like physically go back and look at stuff and compare it to today. Started my business. Um, it slowly grew over these past years. And now I'm very, very thankful, uh, that it is, um, like I'm not taking new clients anymore. I have a wait list of a couple hundred people. <laughs> Sounds so crazy. Um, and cause I'm just trying to kind of downsize, kind of clear out the things that I don't need. I can't really focus on taking on like so many more new clients when I haven't felt like fully figured out the back end of my business. Um, so I've just been doing that. And then occasionally I have gotten to go down to LA to do hair and take classes. So I'm most of the time in Seattle, but four times a year, I'll go down to LA and take my clients down there. Yeah. It's so cool because like you said, like I have been able to watch your journey and it's cool because it's like, Oh my gosh, she's teaching a class or look at, Oh, she's in LA. And it's like, it is cool because I think sometimes like we're so in our lives and that's kind of part of why I love the podcast. It's like, we don't ever get to like step out and be like, I'm actually doing some cool stuff. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel, I mean, right now I'm in a robe on my couch. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like, I'm doing a podcast and that's awesome. But 
what I feel like is that I'm just, you know, spending my morning on the couch in a robe with the whole LA thing. It just kind of happened. Um, the first couple of times I definitely wasn't making money. Um, I would say I was evening out, but the fact that I was evening out and I wasn't losing money and I was still being able to do hair in another place until business came and people saw that I started to do hair in LA, that's when money started coming in. So I kind of just went down because I was like, okay, I have a class down here. I might as well just take clients down here too and, you know, have like a little travel fee for them to pay. And I basically paid for my whole trip when I was down there. So I got my class for free and I was like, oh, this is smart. Why don't I do this more often? And it was just because it's like I had a client here that had a twin sister down in LA, or I had an old coworker that moved back down to LA and her friend wanted to get her hair done too. So it was just little connections that I just put the word out and tried to make it happen. So for me, it was a lot of hard work, but I'm glad it looks cool <laughs> to you guys. But it's you a know? good point. Like it, it's almost like you didn't like, you didn't like get the monetary, like, right up on the front end. You had to like, kind of like invest in this, go to this class, break even and be willing to do that to come out on the other side of it with somewhat of a clientele there. It's like, you didn't just like go and it was like, oh, this is easy. I just made a ton of money. Here I go. Oh yeah. No, definitely not. Like I, I would say I had like a, I had a class, um, for the first like couple days. And then I just extended my trip until, you know, I would get back to Seattle and I was like, well, I have these two days and I, it just, I, I knew somebody down there that had a studio, um, that, you know, rents it out all the time. She does like day prices for specifically for people that like come in to do this. So I kind of just reached out to her and, I think I only had like a day and a half of clients. So my second day wasn't even full, but you know, they're paying and I did pay for my class and I did pay for my hotel. And so I just figured like, you know, every time I do take a class down there, I would totally take clients again and pay my way through it. And then this last time I actually got to the point where like, I wasn't taking a class. I was just going down to take my clients doing my normal routine and just kind of making money. So that's so cool. I didn't really know the inner workings of it. No. Right. I mean, that's what, like, I mean, nobody really knows the inner workings. Like that's why I'm saying like, I'm glad it looks cool that (laughs) (laughs) like what I'm doing. Cause I just see the baby steps like, okay, this seems smart. Okay. Next time we'll add more clients. Okay. Next time I don't even have to take a class cause I already have the clients there. And then next time it's like, you know, you just have your dates and definitely baby steps. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that quote where it's like, nobody that you see that's successful hasn't worked really hard. And it's like, even though someone's seeing like, oh my gosh, she's in LA and she's in Seattle. And it's like, but they don't see like, I broke even my first trip or, you know, maybe yeah. that that's really cool for people to see. Cause I think people just, you know, and that you would share that because I don't think everyone would. And I think that it makes you more real. I hope. I mean, I struggle with social media marketing a lot because of the realness side of, of it. So I, I try and bring my real self. I try and like, 
I mean, sometimes I'm a little too honest on Instagram, I would say. Like my captions, I'm like, I wish I saw something like that, but I guess maybe it's up my alley because I, I always just am like, cool, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just a lot of, I, I can't not be real. Like I would just not be my true self if I was like, oh, I, you know, here's what it actually took to get me there, but here's what you guys are seeing. Like, no, I want you guys to see yeah. So when you, when you started to go to LA, you started hearing people say like, you're so lucky. I got the word lucky a lot and I really had to change my mindset about it. Cause I was, you know, you get into frustrating times. You're like, I worked really hard for this and people are just seeing the fact that, you know, I grew a business, I'm successful here. And now what I can just go down and take clients in LA, like just that easy. Like, no, it took a lot of work. And it was because I was bored here. I wanted something more. I wanted, you know, Seattle rains all the time. So I wanted to be in a different environment while I was doing hair. Like we have such a lack of vitamin D. So I was just, I wanted that. And so when people, uh, called me lucky, I had this negative, um, outlook on it. And I actually remember talking to a client about it and I was like, can you believe that? Like, everyone's calling me lucky. And like, she obviously knew all the steps it took to like, get me there. And she said, luck is when timing and preparation meet. And I was like, oh my God. Like the, the word lucky to me now is literally just how hard I've worked and an opportunity came like, that's it. And so, I mean, the way that like we make our own luck, it's, it's kind of true. Like I was preparing for this and then all of a sudden there was a class down there that I wanted to take and I just jumped on it. And the people that are unlucky may not, you know, either prepare themselves or they may not jump. Yeah. And I totally get that you're saying like you had this negative connotation to lucky. Like you thought that when people were saying you're lucky, like you didn't work hard for it, that it just like fell in your lap and must be nice to be you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I grew up with that too. Or like, you know, my mom would say like, Oh, like must be nice. Like they're lucky or something like that. And it was like, Oh, okay. Like I just looked at it as like, they didn't work hard. Right. And that's so not the case. Well, that's how I feel when people say must be nice. I think they're saying must be nice to wake up 15 years into your career and get to work four days. Must be nice. It just happened. And I'm like, I would get very defensive about it. I'd be like, must be nice. Should look at my personal life for 10 years of this. Like very defensive. And I learned to be like, you know, like same thing you're saying, being like, that's their story. That's their, their version of it. I have to be okay if they don't actually know my story. Yes. Well, and for the people that do say like, Oh, must be nice. Must be, you know, you're so lucky kind of a thing. It's like, okay, well, what is stopping you from doing the same thing with your story? So I don't know. I, I guess like the people that say that I'm like, okay, like if you truly believe that like I'm lucky and you're like aspiring to be something like me in your own career or, you know, maybe, you're a hairstylist and you want to go in the same direction. Like what, what are you doing to prepare for it? Cause some people are just so scared mm-hmm. to like make the first initial jump anyways. Right. And, I'm, 
And I was listening to this new Brene Brown podcast and she was talking about like, are you willing to do things without certainty and to know that like, kind of like, are you going to risk not being good at something in order to like try it and do it? And I think a lot of people, if they're really honest with themselves, they want what you have, or they want to start a podcast, but they're not willing to like suck at it or fail. Oh, totally. And I, I actually, when I first moved from my old salon to my studio, um, I had one of my coworkers tell me that, cause I was struggling on like, you know, shifting into like working for myself, owning my own business. And I knew I wanted to, but I just wasn't ready yet. And she was like, you will know you're ready when your fear of staying becomes way bigger than your fear of leaving. Cause right now my, like then my fear of leaving was, was too big. So I couldn't make the jump. And eventually like you go in the, oh my gosh, I'm scared to leave. I'm scared to leave. I'm scared to leave, but I know I want to. And oh my gosh, I like, and you're going around in circles and you get so tired of hearing your own voice, telling yourself that you're scared of leaving that you're like, I can't stay here telling myself this for another month. I have to leave. And then, you know, the thought of staying in your own salon longer or your old salon longer is just not acceptable anymore. And I feel like that was also what it was in LA. Like I had gotten my studio. I have like owned my own business for what, like a year and a half at that point. And then all of a sudden I was like, it is Seattle. (laughs) I haven't seen sunlight. It rains every day. I need to make money. I'm going down to take this class and re-inspire myself, but I'm, I do know people down there. So why not just reach out and see if I can do their hair too. And so it was like, it was, it was scary, but it was like, I cannot stay in this rain for any longer. And that was, that was basically my drive for starting clientele in LA. I love that though. Cause it's like, I think that most people like you don't get, you don't make a change unless you get uncomfortable enough in your current situation. That's been my experience as well. Like it's got to get really uncomfortable. Otherwise I'm going to like hold on for dear life. And every time it's like so uncomfortable, that's like, fuck it. I got to go. And that's when magic happens. Yes. Well, and I believe that's like also what brought us to Ember Retreat. And that's like how we know each other. Like we literally were, I mean, I remember we were at the same, cause you had a studio at the time, I had right? opened my studio five weeks before, ended up partnership yes. yes. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I think I had been in my, my studio for only like three months at that point. So we were in very similar situations and I, I just think we all needed to take that jump because if we had I mean, imagine if we hadn't done it. Imagine if we hadn't taken the marketing classes, if we hadn't taken like the, the business opportunities and, you know, the growth that like all of those speakers like brought to us, like I would just be screwed. I would be like drowning. Like, I don't know what I would be doing. Well, I think I've been around hairstylists that were kind of, I don't want to say competitors, but people that were just like lifting each other up, even though it was of no benefit to them. I just think that the industry was shifting in my world where I felt like, like no one had ever told me like I did a good job. And I remember like leaving one session and Piper going, Hey, your, your studio's Lin May. Like your branding's awesome. And I'm like, 
I've never gotten a compliment. <laughs> like, yes, like, that was the first time that I felt like I was around people that didn't have anything to gain, but just gave me like, I don't know, it's getting me kind of choked up. Yeah. <laughs> I think our industry for so long, just like there was a scarcity mentality of like, oh my gosh, if Hunter's doing that, like, I'm not going to tell her her studio is cool. And I felt like I walked into Ember and that's like all people did. Oh, totally. I think that was like, I mean, cause they definitely started the community over competition train. Like it was all them. And Piper, I remember being so good at something like, like stuff like that. Exactly what you were talking about. Like you're Lynn May, like your marketing's so good. Like she came up to me and she was like, you're a hunter. She was like, I've been dying to meet you. Like I was like, what? Like you, like you're the, you, you created this retreat and you're dying to meet me. Like, yeah, I had just never met anybody like that. But I also think we were on the same page where we went from like a salon to like a studio and we had no social interaction with any other hairstylist for a while. Mm-hmm. And I jumped in and I was like the most extroverted person I've ever seen myself as in my life. <laughs> That's like who you probably really are. You just hadn't been in a safe place to do it. Right. Yeah, Totally. I mean, you're in a room with a a client and there's only so much you can talk about. Like you can't talk about formulas or like marketing or like anything like that, unless their, you know, job is marketing. So. Yeah. So you left Ember and then tell us a little bit about like how you've knit your business down to like honor who you are as a person, because I don't know many people that have wait lists of like 200 plus people. I know you didn't say that to be like, I've got a wait list. It's just the truth. Oh my so God. Yeah. Like what you, like what you, you kind of since Ember catered your business and how you've made it really just like honor the lifestyle you want and your version of success. Um, so I would say it's like, honestly, I feel like I'm constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. So I think I have done pretty well right now to get my business into like where, you know, I want my lifestyle and stuff. But, um, at the same time, like it's never ending. Like I still want more, like there's more that I want on the back end of my business taken care of. I do want, you know, a new accountant. I do want like a virtual assistant. Now I'm looking into, um, switching and finding a business coach again. Cause I did that. And I would just say like, number one, asking for help has been like my hardest, hardest thing. Cause I'm so independent and I want to do everything and I want to do everything perfectly and <laughs> quickly and, you know, just move on and climb that ladder as fast as I can. Right. And that's not ideal. Like I need help. I needed a business coach to like tell, I didn't even know how to use a spreadsheet. Like when I first <laughs> started my business, I was like, uh, I went from high school to beauty school to then doing hair. And then I started my business like what, like seven years later or something. So yeah, I was like computer work. What? Like, so yeah. I would say the areas that I absolutely hate, which are spreadsheets and math and answering emails and all that kind of stuff. I, threw myself in like uncomfortably and I got uncomfortable and I was really real at the same time, like with my clients, um, you know, they were like, your business is doing so well. And I was like, yeah, but like, 
this sucks. <laughs> like, and I would tell them like, I don't know how to do this other stuff. I was thankful that I got a clientele from my old salon that I worked my way up. When I moved, all my clients found me. And so I had already kind of walked into my business with a clientele. The hard part for me was having a full clientele and then still trying to be able to work on the back end of my business. And so it was hard. Like, and I felt like I was complaining about like being successful at the time, but I, I was kind of, it was like, it was a struggle. Cause I was like, I'm so busy with my clients that I, I can't grow or learn how to be a business owner. And they were like, well, that's a great problem to have. And I was like, yes, but it's still a problem. <laughs> like, I think that is a huge thing you just said, because I do think that, that is something I've never heard someone say, but I think that for a long time I was in my business, not really running it because I was so busy working in it. Which you, you hear people say yeah. that, that work on your business, not in it, but not like what you said of like, I have so many clients. I'm so busy that I actually haven't learned how to actually like have a business. I just like, I just have all these clients and you're right. And people think like good problem to have, but it is a huge problem. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, you're doing hair and you're stressed out in the back of your mind thinking like, Oh my gosh, I have this email from my accountant and I can't answer it right now. And I have to wait and you know, there's something after work that you have to go to. And so it's like, okay, it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. And then the next day, and then you finally get it by the end of the week. And it's like, I don't know, just this stress that has built up over the past week. And you get that over this, you know, it's like just managing your time. I remember like talking to my business coach and having like the dumbest conversation of like, just changing my hours. (laughs) Like I had, I was working like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I had Saturday off. I worked Sunday. I had Monday, Tuesday off. Like that is, first of all, who works Sundays? Nobody as a hairstylist. So it was just, she was like, move Sunday to Saturday, work Wednesday through Saturday, have three days off in a row. Because what I was doing was I would work three days. I would have a day off, but I was preparing for the next day. And then, you know, Sunday would come. So I would work Sunday. And then Monday I was like, de-stressing from my work day. And then Tuesday it was like a work on the business day. So I was like, really, I didn't have a day off at all, but I, you know, but that's such an example to me of like, you're so busy in your business that you don't even have the foresight or the energy or the ability to see that, like you could change that and elevate the quality of your life. Yes. And that, I think that is what I have been slowly working on too. Cause you never want to I mean, I don't want to stop doing hair. I don't want to like shorten hours or like doing, do anything like that because I love what I do. Um, but it is something that you have to do. Like you have to say, okay, I'm going to cut back on hours because I'm going to schedule time in for my business. And I'm going to actually go through my emails every, you know, Tuesday or, you know, Right. Because if you're working 40 hours, let's just say behind the chair for 10 hour days or whatever. Oh yeah. And you're doing the emails and the accounting and all that stuff outside of those hours, you, you easier working like 50, 60 hours a week and wondering why you're tired. Yes. And wondering why you're tired is the big thing. 
I said, you're telling my story too. It's just hearing it out loud. It's just insane. Like (laughs) I am crazy for thinking, well, and not only is it 40 hours because you're going a half an hour before and you're cleaning the studio and you're, you know, turning on the lights and you're turning on the music and doing everything. And then you leave and you're like taking out trash. So you leave a half an hour after. So I'm already working an 11 hour day getting paid for 10 and then going home and answering my (laughs) 30 texts from clients and maybe my mom and my sister and like stuff like that. So I'm, you know, I go home and I mean, I'll, I have to go to the gym because I can't not burn off everything. Um, but you come home and you're just making dinner while you're also watching TV and also working because you're texting clients back. So I would say, I mean, you talked about listening to Brittany Brown and I am like absolutely obsessed with everything she talks about as far as boundaries and, you know, self-love and like, I really, for the past two years, have had to discover what that is. I had no boundaries whatsoever, and I've slowly been learning, okay, these are my hours. Don't shift from those hours. Okay, now these are my hours to answer texts and calls from clients. Don't shift, like, these hours. And then, you know, really setting boundaries between, and I mean, and that's what (laughs) drives you long-term because if you're not answering a client at 1130 at night, on Instagram, just like having fun, then you're going to actually get sleep and you're going to be able to do the things you want to do. And it's just much easier. Yeah. And I love that. I feel now that I don't feel inundated or I don't feel like I'm getting like people hitting me from all sides, like every social media angle, every email. And like, I got rid of the phone number Mm -hmm. and I just kind of mainstreamed it. I realize I'm like, so much kinder and happier with the people I'm with, but I feel like I had to get over the discomfort of them initially being like, what do you mean? I don't have your number. Yes. And like, once I can get past then Brene Brown says that, like when you're in an encounter with someone and they're like, let's get together for dinner. And you really don't want to, instead of being like, yeah, let's do it. She's like, let there be a one, two, three awkward silence and say, it was great seeing you. And I feel like that's like, literally simple, but it's like one of the things that has like revolutionized my business is just being okay with an awkward moment to be able to have this like awesome career or these awesome relationships with people. But like, I never wanted to let people down or make them feel bad or like they didn't have access to me, but I'm now comfortable with this little bit of discomfort because like long-term it's so much better. Yes. I totally get that. I remember I think the first year of owning my business, I had actually reached out to um, one of my other hair friends and I was like, because I was getting people asking me to go to coffee like all the time. Like, let's get coffee. Let's get like dinner or lunch or something like that. And I was like, I can't meet with 10 hairstylists in a month. Like, on top of working and trying to own my own business and, you know, and I'm not very good at it. (laughs) Like, right. At at least for like the the first year, I was like, I can't add more to my plate right now. And I was talking to a hairstylist and I was like, what do you do? Because like, she's pretty well known too. And she was like, honestly, if they ask me, I'll be like, she'll, she won't 
be the one to initiate plans. Like somebody can ask you for to coffee and you're like, great, I'm busy or I'm free this day at this time. Like, let's just do it. And instead it was like, yeah, totally. And then leave it in their court because half the time they're not going to reach out again and say, Hey, I really want to get coffee. And like, you know, maybe one out of 10 people you do that to actually does do that. But then you can see that they're that inspired to like meet with you, that it's going to be worth it. Well, that's a, that's a real pro tip. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I get overwhelmed by that too. And then it's like, I've said to someone before it was, they were like, well, it sounds like you're like kind of have an ego. And I'm like, no, no, please don't misinterpret that. It's just, I really, I really enjoy being alone outside of work. Yes. <laughs> Introverted <laughs> extroverts. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you're on so much of the day that like, And it's like, there's a, like the only reasons I say yes is because I'm flattered because there's like that little 19 year old in me. That's like someone that does hair wants to talk to me. This is all I ever wanted to be, but that dissipates very quickly. Oh yeah. Cause you get that more often. Yeah. It's like, if you get that once and you're like, Oh really? Like somebody wants to, you know, talk to me because I'm a, a hairstylist. I'm doing my own thing. Um, but yeah. And then everybody wants to talk to you and you're like, I can't prioritize this anymore. Like it's, it's not healthy for me. Right. Unless it's like you want to be a business coach, but I think for right. a lot, a lot of people don't. And, and so it's like, unless that's the direction you want to go in, a lot of those people aren't saying I'd like to pay for your time because when I, this is kind of a, a little unknown fact about me is before Jamie Dana ever even did Ember and she just had her studio and her assistant, Annie, mm-hmm. I reached out to her because I was in the middle of ending my partnership. Like this is probably like seven months before Ember, before I even moved, I reached out to her and I said, I don't know if you do coaching, but you have what I'm looking to do. I have a partnership I'm ending. I want a little studio like you have. It would just be me and an assistant. And if you were ever open to taking coaching clients, I would love to be one. And she wrote back and gave an amount and said, I don't really do coaching, but if you would want to do it, here's what it would cost. And I did it. And so that's why I always think about how like, I always have wanted to compensate people for their time. And so I need to remind myself of that when I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed by people because I've never done that to someone else. Wow. I had no idea that you reached out to her like that. Yeah. And and like, she was so cool. And I was just like, and we did like a few zoom, um, videos and I would be crying in them, which yeah. then she was like, I don't really do crying. And I was like, Oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> then, yes. I, which actually surprised me. Like I was yeah. like, she's so genuine. And the fact that she came up and was like, you guys, I'm not a crier. I was like, what? Like, she, I'll tell you what she, she does know how to handle a crier. Because oh, totally. Like she's more of like, let me take care of the crier rather than cry. <laughs> Totally. Totally. So like when she said that, I was like, Oh, like she just was like, Lindsay, you know what you want to do. But I think what I saw in her was here's someone executing. 
I already have my own studio. I already have a partnership, but like, I want to execute my move the way I see her executing her studio. And I think that's kind of cool for people to hear because sometimes if you're willing to compensate someone, sometimes people are willing to do something they don't normally do because they see something in you. So I think that that's really like, if someone wants to talk to Hunter, let's, let's throw some numbers around. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm starting to get that. Um, you know, people that were like, Hey, can I come shadow you for a day? Or, Hey, can I, you know, do this? And it's like, you have to get that, that reach out initially to then start thinking about it. And, you know, maybe like the first time somebody asks, it's like, Oh, like, no, I don't really do that, but like, I'll figure it out. And then now it's like, I mean, not now because we're stuck in our house for like (laughs) April, but, (laughs) um, but after it's like, Oh, okay. Like you reached out initially. I wasn't. So I gave no as the answer. And then I got it again and I was like, okay, I really need to like figure this out. And now I'm charging for shadow days. So so I just didn't think that that would even be a thing. And it's just like side money. Like you're doing hair and you're making money and you're doing that, but it's just like another source of income that you can do and you're helping somebody out at the same time. So I think that's the more ways you can do that, the better. Um, but I had no idea that Jamie Dana was your business coach. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't talk to her anymore because she's doing her other stuff, but yeah, in my life where I really needed someone that I saw that I felt had the business that I was like a couple quarter turns away from, Mm -hmm. I I really believe in getting that help and and paying for it. Yeah, I agree. There's one thing to just, you know, want to meet for coffee and, you know, be inspired and, you know, I don't know, like you reach out to me or something like that and you want to get coffee and you're inspired, but you want me to tell you like, you know, all of my secrets or, you know, there's, I mean, there's really no secret, but just like work hard. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're meeting for coffee for me, but you're expecting me to work for you. And so like, there's a difference between like meeting for coffee and, you know, wanting to chat and hang out and be equals or you are paying me for a service and I am re-inspiring you and giving you ideas and like working for you. Totally. And I like something you said, because this has been true for me. Sometimes things that I think I won't like to do, the first time I hear it, I might be like, I'm not doing that. And the second time I hear it, it's like, hmm, it's not, I'm not interested. And the third time I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. So it's funny how things get planted in, in your mind or in, in your story. And then you're like, you kind of like initially like brush it off or think it's not for you. Or like you being like, I don't chat, I don't have people shadow me or I, like, it's just funny how sometimes the something you like were adamant you didn't want to do or you were like not interested in becomes something that's like really gives you life. Oh, totally. And I, I then discovered like, okay, like, you know, bringing it back. Cause I was just in my studio doing hair. When people asked to shadow me, I was like, I'm in a studio. Like, this is so small. You guys, like, I don't think you understand. I'm in like 150 square foot box. Like, <laughs> so small. And I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to fit another human in there. Um, let alone like at the time we had just shifted to 
being one-on-one just with my client and like, how are my clients going to feel if somebody else is in there? And then after a while, like being asked three times, I was like, okay, I can really profit from this. And I realized that like, I do miss teaching. I do miss inspiring other people. I don't ever get to talk hair And now like if somebody comes in and shadows me, my clients are like amazed because I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. we're going to mix like an eight stroke, eight, nine with a seven stroke, seven, one with 10 ball. And we're going to do it for 10 minutes and blah, blah, blah. blah. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? But it puts more reassurance in my clients that I know what I'm doing. I mean, obviously I know what I'm doing. But what do you think that is though? That like you kind of start, cause I, I do the same thing of like, what are my clients going to feel like if I have this other person here? Like, do you think that's just fear or what do you think that is? I mean, I definitely think it's fear, but I also think it's me being overly empathetic when I don't need mm-hmm. to. Um, and I struggle with that. I will definitely put any feelings or things that like I have aside so that somebody else is comfortable. And I realized I can't do that anymore because then I'm not comfortable. And it comes back to, you know, self-care, putting your gas mask or not gas mask. Yeah, I guess gas mask. <laughs> putting your gas mask on before you put others. <laughs> Oxygen mask on is what I'm saying. Um, but just like helping yourself out so then you can help out, out others. Like if I don't take that opportunity to, you know, have people – pay me for shadow days, then I'm not making money that can't go back into the business. So really by a client saying they don't want somebody else in there, they're limiting my, like what I can do in my business. And then they're limiting their own service. Wow. That really speaks to me. And I'm like really hoping, and you know, there's like those really good people that you know, really want to shadow. And you're like, they're like, yeah, sure. I'll clean your color bowl. I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) Side assistant. (laughs) Yeah. But that's that's a good point. And I've heard it said similarly before, like you, you valuing someone else's needs above your own. I think hairstylists in general do that. And I think I in general have done that. Like, what would my client feel like if I had to move them to another chair or what would my client think? And we can limit ourselves and get overly hung up when realistically people kind of don't care. And maybe there's two people that care, but at the end of the day, like we're going to have to lose them in order to live our truth. But it's so crazy to me how easy it is to get kind of all wrapped up in this story of like not wanting anyone else to feel bad, even if it comes at your own expense. And I think that's so cool that you've identified that and that, and like, cause I, it sounds like your clients actually like it. You made up a story in your head. Yeah, basically like it, I, I, I think my clients didn't like having an assistant or anything like that at first. And I think they've also seen what it has been doing now that I like, haven't been able to have an assistant for a while, how hard I'm working and how tired I am. And now they're like, dude, like get, you know, any help that you want, like do it. Like, I don't care. And so now like all my clients are seeing how hard I work all the time. And so now they're like, I guess they're just more understanding. And because I'm real about everything, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And like the stuff that I'm not good about, 
I'm going to be honest about it. And so they know that like, I'm this busy and I still don't have time to run the back end Like I want to, because I don't have help. And so like, what's one more thing that's going to help me. It's like, you know, doing this and they're like, Oh, okay. I do it. But I also think that like I've supported them for so long and not only done their hair, but I'm like, yeah, quit that job and, you know, restart this one and you're never going to have this experience again. And are you going to regret it if you stay because you're not happy with where you're at right now? And boom, like new job and new life and re-inspired and stuff like that. So it's like, we do that for our clients all the time. So the least they can do is, you know, do that for us. Well, I was telling my husband about just like having this break from work. And I was saying like, I've sent an email out saying like, like you can schedule online or you're welcome to just shoot me back an email. And I was telling him like all the people that I have since I've been so thoughtful in like kind of niching down my business as a colorist is like, they're all my fans. So like I'm watching everyone just rebook themselves online. And it's just been a really cool way to be like, wow, the people that are still with me are with me, not just because of the color I do, but because of me. And like, they love me and they care about me and they all went online because they know it's easier for me. And I think that there's Mm -hmm. something really cool about setting your clientele up to be people that are for you and with you. And like, I feel like, like you, I've gotten more real. I've gotten more like, like I was looking at this word candor. So I feel like candor is like when your internal world matches your external world. And for so long, I feel like I, I like, had a lot of resentments or like I didn't tell people what my needs were or my clients, my needs were, and that wasn't their fault. But now as I've integrated that and been able to like infuse that into just how I show up, just being honest, I have these clients that are like, I don't know. Like I, I feel like people fell away that didn't like healthy Lindsay and the people that are really with me and like are going to come through this coronavirus and stay with me are people that were just really not with me because it was convenient. Yes. I'm really proud of my clients because I haven't had any projection. I think I've finally like voiced my boundaries and my expectation of my clients and, and me to the point where like, they won't even text me and like complain that they're not getting their hair done because I'll throw some like really like self-love truth back to them being like, is hair really like the, the biggest problem you have right now? Like, is that like, are your roots that are showing like really the biggest problem? Because I mean, I could go on and on about totally. And the same thing you're saying, I feel like there's this silver lining of seeing the health of your business from a relational standpoint right now. Like I'm like, I feel so good. I said it post a while ago. I was like, if my clients are in any indication of how my life is going, I am on fire because Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like there's just such a level of respect and I think that like, that's something to be appreciative of right now is to look at that. And if it's not there, it's kind of cool to hear from people like us that you can actually shift things and change them and create a clientele and people will grow with you. Some of them will surprise you in awesome ways. And then some people will just call it and some you'll have to call it, but it's right. like really cool to see that, that, that like in moments like this, like how stressful would this have been for me two years ago? So stressful because of the kind of relationships and lack of boundaries I had. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could not picture me handling this well at all when I first started. 
no, I think I would be breaking the law and I wouldn't be proud to have done this, but I think I would have been like, but I have to go in and do Pam's hair. I don't know yeah. what she'll do. And yeah. re- now I have this reality of like, she'll be fine. Right. Like, and if, if she, and if she's not fine, then there's more of an underlying problem as to why she's not fine. Like, you know, are yeah. you, are you 75% gray and still covering it to that level four? And, you know, is it time to, <laughs> to gradually go gray or, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah. So how are you going to be spending the next few weeks? Like if you were going to leave people with like something uplifting you're doing or how you're going to use this time? I've, you- oh my gosh. Okay. So I mean, obviously I went, I went on vacation for three weeks in another country. I blew a lot of money thinking that I would just be able to come back and take clients for a long time. And I got back and it was the day that salons and spas were shut down. So really like I haven't gotten paid in, um, I mean, since February and you would think I am like very stressed out right now and I'm loving life. (laughs) I'm broke, but I'm loving life right now. And I think it is because of what I have just been saying this whole entire time. I was so busy taking clients that I didn't have time to take care of the back end. And now, you know, we're not working right now and we're doing a podcast and I'm, I'm doing the things that I've been wanting to do. Um, more so I'm like clearing out and organizing my emails. I am reaching out to people again. I'm like booking things that are not just hair services that like I need to do for myself. Um, and like even just being in at home, I've been taking a break and I like went through my whole entire closet. I organized my pantry and my fridge and I'm just like getting everything, everything done. Cause I'm like, okay, if I do go back to, to the salon in April, I will not have time to do any of this. So while I have time to just sit on my butt and do nothing, like I'm going to get as much as I can done so that I don't have to worry about it when I'm just going to go focus on clients. And so, and I hope everybody else is doing that too. Like it's kind of what we should, and it's spring cleaning. So I feel like we should be doing that. Um, but just organizing your life. And I'd say if you're uncomfortable, just like sitting at home, maybe that's a sign that you need to sit at home. Um, like the people that are like so busy on a day to day and are now stuck in quarantine and are like stir crazy and stuff. Like that is a sign that like your body doesn't know how to handle just being, and you should probably figure that out because it will come up again. Like this isn't just like the only situation, but you could have a flat tire and be stuck on the side of the road and not have service and, you know, be in your car for two hours. And like, what are you going to do if you can't handle that stress? How are you going to handle the problem? So right, learning to sit with yourself. Yeah. Like really learning to sit with myself. So I mean, not only like organizing and like, you know, doing the back end of my business, but I'm, I am so slow right now and like slow, not as in like, I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of being lazy, but like purposefully, like intentionally lazy. So Mm -hmm. instead of doing all these things at once, because I need to keep up that pace, like that pace is not good long-term, like slow yourself down. I even started like putting like, you know, more breaks in my schedule because I'm really bad at that. Like 
like looking right. in advance on my schedule and pre-booking little breaks to like take a breath and eat lunch and stuff. Like I know I'm not good at that. So I'm trying being intentional, I guess. I love that. So where can people find you? I'm mainly just on Instagram. Um, I do have a work Facebook, but I honestly <laughs> deleted like all of my apps, even on my phone. So I would say just Instagram and it is with love.hunter. I do have a website and there is some contact info on there. So that is hunterhairstudio.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Of course. Anytime. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your break. Thank you. You too.